to me one too many. Now, Sid, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos for creative Who is that? Tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. Alright, welcome everybody here in the audience and at home listening at home. Welcome to the... Hola, bienvenido, mis amantes, mis orientes, and all of you out there in the ether. I'm Zach, and first things first, I'm super happy because we've moved. Yes. We finally have a permanent, dark, lovely... Dungeon room. Dungeon studio. Very spooky. badass. That's very cool. Let me just say, we'll post some pictures, but this was a kind of like a dead animal palace before we... uh, This is true. A lot of of dead animal energy in here. Yeah, you can see videos on Instagram of what this place used to be. And we'll post what it is now. So uh, great work, Ash, because Mm -hmm. uh, it smells great in here. You can smoke inside. We have a beautiful wife who helped. Yeah, she kicked ass. Yeah, she did. And I will say, uh, while we're figuring all this out, please be patient with us because uh, as you would probably guess, in a new room, a new shape, uh, audio works differently. So we're going to be playing around some stuff. So if you hear any echoey sounds through these first few episodes in this new room, I just be patient. Uh, we're still trying to figure out the room's audio capacity. And we're switching up our episode structure to incorporate more horror facts and get to get to things kind of straight to the point and uh, just to run smoother as a podcast. So uh, bear with us. Let us know what you think, as always. But enough housekeeping. What's up with my co-host, Scriba Satan? What's going on this week for you? I, I, I'm having a great week. Yeah? And that is my Yodley Boy impression. And he is really, the song that he does really exudes the energy that I'm feeling right now for this mm. room and for this week. Having, well, I was having a rough week. But right now, I'm feel, I feel like this is the turning point. Great. It's going to turn it, it around. Is. I'm going to go see Something Rotten, the musical tomorrow. The Fox Theater in At Atlanta. The Fox Theater in Beautiful. Atlanta. I am super fucking I stoked. That's my favorite Fox. musical. And I'm going to have a great fucking weekend. Just keep bringing that energy. And for anybody that's not knowing what you're talking about, because They're I did gonna not know. They're going to know what I'm talking about. Walmart yodeling boy, apparently. Yeah. You're, you're explaining this like you're... Your Fox News explained to it. parents who what, what the latest internet trend is like a month late. I don't know what it was. I didn't know either, though. You guys what? are old. Gra- See, this is insane to me. Yeah, this is this crazy. Is insane to me. Do you not look at social media? Know. Yeah, seriously. I don't. We try Obviously not, not to. I really hate it. Mm-hmm. It's not me and Mysterious' fault that we're super fucking popular on the internet. We have That's to keep up with all the trends. Yeah, the well. yodeling boy from Walmart sounds like something I'd really want to keep track of. This, well, is, why, this is why I'm on the Twitter. <laughs> he was at Coachella, dude. He's a big deal. He was at Coachella. He was on Ellen. Well, I don't is know. an icon. You know what? Zach and I like to live in the real world yeah. and experience real life. Sure. So. Okay, whatever. When you want to rap about David Bowie with me, let's let's You make and it David real. Bowie. Oh my god. Zach just discovered <laughs> David Bowie about two weeks ago. Oh my god. And it's fine. I have that heard nothing man. but David Bowie from him Speaking since. Speaking of you don't Macias, hate it how are you? I'm great. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow I get to go see Ty Siegel at Variety Playhouse, nice. and Saturday is Chastity Belt yeah, at yeah, five yeah. two nine. I always had yeah. a question: yeah. Is uh, Ty Siegel or Seagal related to uh, That's a great Jason Seagal? No, he's not. I don't huh. think so. Maybe he is. That'd be really Interesting. cool. Hmm. I don't know. I know Jason Seagal is like a black belt fourth degree. I think no. he means Steven Seagal. Shit. It was Jason. Who's Jason, Jason Seagal? I don't know. Steven Seagal That's wears the really small sunglasses. Yeah, Steven Seagal is a yeah. cop as well. He, yeah, he was a cop, no. and he had a show for a while where he, he was a cop. A what a, a great guy he is. I, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm just going to go on the record that up there, and say I, that. I think there's some shit on him somewhere so that I'm not aware of. So me and Scarlett Satan are oh, on neutral territory. Yeah, I'm not putting hands on that man. 
I, I'm not claiming him. He no. looks like a raisin that gets pumped <laughs> with water and is just he, about to explode. So a grape. Thick. Well, yeah, just opposite of what you would think, Stephen Skull actually really is a huge shitbag. Okay. <laughs> well, so, I believe I'll, it. I know. We'll you wouldn't you, expect it from him, but... I would. We'll let <laughs> you make your own conclusions, but... Ash, uh, what are we calling you this week? I think Travis Satan it. said when he came in today that he would only take I one am nickname. Petitioning yeah. this podcast if you do not name yourself what you're about to say. I am Sex Machine Ash. That yes. is uh, it. That's my ultimatum. Yes. That's great. And that you, you, know, you get the nickname from Tom Savini in the From Dust oh Till God, Dawn movie. You know I love him. I love oh. him too. And I did meet him at <gasps> DragonCon a few years ago. Really? Yeah. At the uh, the famous people aquarium where they just sit at tables and you can walk by and oh, Stare at them. You can stare at them. I did meet. I met Tom Savini and Goofy. So those are the two big (laughs) moments for me. Please say that Goofy and Tom Savini were sharing a table. They were literally across like the aisle from each other. So just staring at each other. Hell yes. Probably a middle-aged man in a Goofy costume that's staring at Tom Savini, thinking like, "What the fuck am I doing here?" (laughs) I was talking to Tom Savini, and then I heard a a yuck, and I had to excuse (laughs) me, sir. Excuse me. It's a pleasure meeting you. I have to. He's right behind me. I've got to talk to him. Okay, well, tonight, as you've uh, read and as you've seen, we're covering a movie that we wanted to cover for a very long time, but actually, to be honest, completely forgot about it being a horror movie. I I didn't think about it. This movie's so good. I'm glad this movie. And Macias chose it. Uh, We're jumping into one of uh, my favorite vampire movies, uh, the 1996 Robert Rodriguez classic, From Dusk Till Dawn. And in relation to the movie, we're also covering a true-life crime spree that me and Scribe of Satan are doing. Yes. Committed also by brothers. This is true. And you get a little bonus. There's an escape from prison as well. Yes, a very interesting turn of events. Some crazy connections here because we are covering the 1979 Briley brother Rampage. I've never heard of them. It's actually a good story. It's a very... It's a good story. We could probably do a whole podcast just on the story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We condensed it. They killed 11 people in Richmond, Virginia over seven months and really left that whole community scarred for their trials even that happened after. Yeah. Um, So tonight, pull up a bar stool, loosen your belt buckles, and pour yourself an Ice cold margarita, if Down you Down my feet. No salt. House in the Rocks. I hate feet. I hate some. That's my least favorite part of this movie. Why do you like Quentin Tarantino movies then? Yeah, really. You know, that's shit, my man. Yeah. I want to like, you know how Titanic has the versions where the, the romantic isn't in the movie. It's exactly. just the crashing. Yeah, they have like a special thing where you just <laughs> oh watch God. the crash scenes. You pay for that? Or? I want the Tarantino versions of his movie where the feet are all cut off. I want the feet super cut. I Ugh. want the YouTube video with Tarantino uh, yeah. all feet all the time. Nope. Uh, that's I, I wouldn't be able to do this or do that at all. I'll let's, take. Let's compile a video for Zach. Yeah, that'll let's be good. Let's do it. And on top of like the movie, our next the, promo pick is going to yeah. be us feet? with our feet in Zach's no. face. No. And on top <laughs> of the movie and the real life event, we're uh, really talking about just random acts of violence tonight and the horroring events that happen every day at every second in this world. Because if you think about the real life event and the movie. It's people being stalked and attacked, walking back to their house, uh, in their hotels. Yeah, not expecting it. Commuters on their way to their cars, clerks shot at work, families raped and killed in their homes. And all of these events can be seemingly random with no connection to the victim. And I have to say, out of all the things we talk about in this podcast, generally the randomness or randomness of crime scares me the most. Definitely. Yeah, you never know. And especially in light of all the mass shootings we've had recently, domestic terrorism, it just seems like everywhere you go now, someone's already plotting your exits when you get to a movie theater, trying to figure yep. out where the I, stadium I exits do are. Do. Oh, man, the movie concert? theater. Ooh. Yeah. And it leads me to a general question of this whole episode that I was thinking about throughout the whole week, which is if you can't predict what's going to happen in any, any given situation or social interaction, how do you keep yourself aware 
and safe without forfeiting personal comfort and respect for others. Box. Box? Yeah. Oh, you, you box. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought you, you meant can, like uh, bring a box. Like yeah. a cardboard box. I was like, like this what? is my space. Don't get either, in there. Either of those would work. That's mine. Mine is a personal <laughs> cardboard box. And yours yeah, you is just a, like hide in it and exactly. like, don't move. A turtle method. I personally don't know. I, I choose to be kind of just aware but ignorant and kind of just turn off. Sometimes I'm on public and just, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Yep. But what can you do? That's how yep. you have to think. You know? I mean, at that point, what can you do? Because no, it's already happening. Like, there's nothing. Well, you're, at the, you're in the moment. you, but I studied some Taekwondo when I was like you know, five right. to you? seven years old. Oh, that is very interesting. I think that I might still have some of those things back on mind. How far did you make it? I made it to yellow belt, which I've been told is the first belt. No, that's the, the second, second belt. Oh, oh wow. Well, Congratulations. Let me, let me with this. I did karate Ooh. as a child, yeah. and I made it to the gold belt, which yeah. is one above yellow. And the reason why I stopped oh. there is because in the dojo that I was in, once the you dojo. Reach, yeah, I like to. I was in a Kroger parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you reach gold, that is when you start sparring. Oh. And I got kicked in the stomach by a girl like twice my age. Yeah. Went and cried in the bathroom. Yeah. Oh no. Aww. It's very echoey in there. And when oh. I walked out, everyone was watching. No. So That's everyone awful. like literally moms, dads, the kids, the teacher, they're all like. You okay, kid? I was like, well, nope, I'm done with this. When did you <laughs> oh, start writing shit. horror screenplays? It's, yeah, this is, That's I, bad. I didn't make my turn. Man. My Damn. evil turn. That's where it all changed for me. Wow. Okay. The karate killer. Saucy, well, the origin story. That's it. <laughs> well, with that, uh, Macias, can we jump into this bad boy? We sure can. And Jump uh, into me. Really quick, we're not going to do the quadrant of inquiries right now. I know you guys are, you know, hammering for it, clamoring for we it. We want it. We're going to do it a little bit later in the episode with this new structure. So let's just get right into the horror movie facts and talk about From Dusk Till Dawn ASAP. The movie. Let's do it. So if you haven't seen this movie or you need a refresher, I'll go over the plot for you. It starts off with two brothers on the run from robbing a bank. They need to get across the border to Mexico, so they hold a family hostage and use their and use them and their Winnebago as their cover. Once in Mexico, they go to a rowdy trucker bar to chill out before they're supposed to rendezvous with their boss at dawn. Seems like they've gotten the hard part over with until they discover the bar is not exactly what it seems. It's a better bar. It Whoa, it really is. A titty twister. A titty, titty twister. When I first watched this movie, I was not expecting yeah. what happened yeah. at the bar. I was like, That's oh, such action a good movie. twist. Action movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. Such a tasty twist. Yeah. It's good if you don't know. Mm-hmm. That and it's like 60% into the movie when they actually even get to the yeah. horror part, which yeah. is wonderful. The thing is that like the movie in itself beforehand is still good. Oh, yeah. Like it's a very Definitely. good movie. Like that, that opening scene. Yes. That's, that's my it's, favorite scene. The opening scene is so fucking good. The dialogue with the, the guy dialogue from... The dialogue with the uh, cop. I never signaled. My name is Earl. That, that guy's the in guy it. My name is Earl. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. My name is Earl. Which... What? He was the dad of Earl. He was a new guy. He was know. on a Eastbound and Down. Oh, yeah, that, that is too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. Okay. That's Ta- a great scene. Tarantino and Rodriguez are like, they were so stoked. They're like, basically, we got to make two movies in mm-hmm. one. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Badass. And when you add the twist to it, it's like, even better. Yeah. Yeah. Throw some more. Yeah. It's a pretty good bait and switch. When you look the movie up, it actually falls under quite a few genres. I've seen horror, drama, mystery, thriller, action, crime, comedy, black comedy, and suspense. And it's foot, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. But fetish films. Input fetish, yeah. This Tarantino, you have That's to. why I watched it. Yeah. Uh, so director Robert Rodriguez and writer Quentin Tarantino were influenced by exploitation and grindhouse movies. 
So nice. you can see this in the movie with all the titties, the scantily clad women, loads of blood, extreme violence, the 122 person body count. Damn. I forgot wow. how many titties there were in this movie. Yeah. There are, like, I forgot when they walked in the titty twister, it's like a whole new world. Yep. And they're all great tits. They're yeah. all so hot. Yes. They are all hot. They're all gorgeous. I'm not going to lie. They're, they're, yeah. There's a bit of racks in there. Yeah. Yeah. And Selma Hayek? Oh, oh don't even give me my God. Oh, Y'all hang tight. We'll we can't get open to her. I know, I know we'll you're, I know I'm joking the gut, but oh, I couldn't. God. I couldn't. That outfit? Mm. Holy She's shit. She's perfect. Uh. Yeah, so basically everything in this movie is over the top in the best way, of course. Yes. Um, exploitation and grindhouse films use trends, cultural fears, and niche genres or themes to get people to want to watch the movie. These to be movies heavily focused on anything really, but some common themes are sex, extreme violence, or if you think about Fast and Furious, cars or car exploitation or cars division. There's literally exploitation for everything you can think of. Hitman exploitation, foot exploitation, everything. Ugh. Literally I got everything. For that. Man, I want shoe exploitation. Cover for those feet. <laughs> I'm sure there's one out there for you. These movies are generally lower budget and they're considered late night, as in not for children. Uh, some of their examples agree. that I found on Rolling Stone's 25 Best Modern Exploitation Films list include my personal favorite, Spring Breakers. That's great. Yes. Absolutely. Also, mm -hmm. uh, Devil's Rejects. Definitely. John Wick, because Hitman exploitation. Right. <laughs> uh, and Crank, which is another one with uh, Jason Statham. That's oh, just... That movie was my dad in like high school. Yeah. It, it was, was like 2005 or six. Yeah. Uh, so Grindhouse Theaters, you're wondering, wondering where Grindhouse came from. Uh, Grindhouse theaters and drive-ins were the most common places to show these movies. Through the 1950s and 80s, uh, the term Grindhouse theater was commonly associated with burlesque theaters that had stripping Ooh. or bump and grind dancing. Bump oh. and Ooh. grind oh, dancing. Yeah. That's right. That sounds like what dancing is now. Yeah, Gosh, and dangerous yeah. curves burlesque ahead. Burlesque shows are so fun. Never they been. are good. Yeah. They're so good. But I also feel like burlesque is a adjective that uh, strip clubs use to try to classy up the joint. Like oh, it's a no, burlesque they club. don't take they no. don't take their clothes off Different. in the same, or they have manner. tassels. Yeah, no, no. no. yeah, tassels. Yeah. There's no fully nude, I believe. It's just lingerie. Correct? Yeah, it's well, just lingerie. I, I've never been to one. So you don't I can't see say. you don't see any hoo ha. Mm -mm. Mm. No hoo ha. No beef. Yeah, my mo <laughs> no most most <laughs> favorite part of going to a strip club. You love the hoo ha. Oh yeah, you know me. I'm just I'm you know they call me <laughs> Hoo Ha Henry sometimes. Says says That's the man so who funny. I have seen fall asleep at a strip club more than once. It's oh boring. Okay, oh, it's so, so boring. Funny. We'll save this for another yeah. time. All right. So other than Grindhouse theaters, the only other place you could see these movies was at drive-ins. Uh, the title from this movie is actually a reference to old drive-ins that advertised to be open from dusk till dawn. Ooh, genius. Really? Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's oh, genius. That's cool. That's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like I can't hours. imagine who would want to work that late. Um, especially back in those days, thinking yeah. about something being open like that. Uh, so this film was released on January 19th, 1996. It was given an R rating for strong violence, gore, nudity, and language. Rodriguez had the idea to use green blood for the vampires, and this helped the film narrowly miss the cutoff for an NC-17 rating. Wow. That's really smart. smart. That's good. Yeah. 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 Uh, Rodriguez also cut a lot from the fight scenes in the titty twister. Uh, so it was supposed to run longer and be more gory than oh, the version. Full cut. I know. Where is it? Because even it. so, it lasts pretty damn long. Yeah, there's a, a long lot. Movie. There's a lot. And fun fact: Have any of you seen Apocalypse Now? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Love it. So the inspiration for the titty twister came from Marlon Brando's Jungle Compound in that movie. That's interesting. That well, if interesting. you look at the end of uh, From Dust Till Dawn, yeah. when you see the back of the titty twister, it's like it's a big like the, uh, Mayan, uh, Mayan ruin, and it's got yeah. all those. You know, it goes so far down, it's huge. Yeah. 
Um, that definitely reminds me of Apocalypse Now. Definitely see that with yeah. some like cult of personality stuff going on. Yeah, it's just like grand and tribal looking. So From Dust Till Dawn is often referred to as low budget, but mm. in fact it costs 19 million to make. And there's world- a lot going on. Yeah, it definitely doesn't look low budget to me. Uh, worldwide, it ended up grossing 33 million. For reference, Independence Day was released the same year, and its budget was 75 million and grossed over 800 million. Oh my yeah. god! So really, it wasn't low budget, but it was made to look like low right. budget. Like a lot of his other films, he does that too. Like with the projector, like burning out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Planet Terror. Like in Planet Terror, Ryan it's House. supposed to look. Like, Give it that feeling. Yeah. yeah. Rob Zombie definitely has a lot of that too. I'm thinking yeah, exactly. of like yes. Devil's Rejects. Especially yeah. with all those cuts and yeah. the, like, mm-hmm. the weird shit in between. Uh, so this movie has a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Nice. Oh, that's low. Yeah. I, I mean, know. Okay, so listen to this on Rotten Tomatoes as a 65% critic score and 76 audience score. Weird. Wow. That's odd to me. I expected it to be a lot higher. It was Maybe for people like. that like weren't expecting a horror. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it definitely I, looks action. I didn't want it. Yeah. I guess if they can't read. Yeah, because yeah, you, you, you see George Clooney, and you're like, all right, here we go. Yeah, but that was George was Clooney no before, before oh, this he is was true. Well, right. he was on ER, but right. we'll get to that, too. This is some doctor movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Hal Henson from the Washington Post wrote, a tired, humorless pastiche of various exploitation genres that is not the least bit imaginative, imaginative in its campy deconstruction of conventions. Lame. Here's a review I liked from Todd McCarthy at Variety. I love Todd McCarthy. Do you? Oh, it's your favorite reviewer? He goes way back. You know, he just does a lot of good, a lot of good reviews. Definitely. I can tell you're so, fucking around. I can't I either. I never okay, can. there you go. <laughs> he said this was a deliriously trashy, exuberantly vulgar, lavishly appointed exploitation picture. This weird combo of roadkill movie and martial arts vampire gore fest is made to order for the stimulation of teenage boys. Perfect. Hell yeah. yeah. You can definitely know that guy who owns a thesaurus. For sure, fucking words he used. I agree, and I think it's pretty fitting for me because I pretty much have the taste of a teenage boy. So this is probably why I like the movie so much. He tastes like a teenage boy. (laughs) I do actually. Yeah, that is very interesting. Salty, (laughs) rusty. Smelling like bo. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. Joy. Uh, But like I said, despite the reviews, the movie has obviously become a classic. Um, it had two sequels from Dust Till Dawn 2, Texas Blood Money. I saw that when I was looking Did at you? this movie. No, no, no. I saw that online oh. while I was searching for this movie to watch. I was mm-hmm. like, there's another one? What the oh. fuck? There's also oh, a just television wait. show, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a television show. There's also a from Dust Till Dawn 3, The Hangman's Daughter. Uh, the TV series, uh, Robert Rodriguez has that on his network called El Rey. El Rey, the mm-hmm. king. Is it, so, I wonder if it's any good. I have no clue. The network? No, the, 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 show. the show. Oh, the show. I don't know. I mean, it gets good r- ratings, so. And it's Maybe. still on. It's been on since 2014, so I would think it's pretty. Oh, it's yeah. got to be pretty like, good. Um, El Rey, the name of his network, is actually also the name of the fictitious place that George Clooney is headed to at the end El of the Ray, movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. That rough town. I can't believe he says at the end of the movie to Juliette Lewis, like, you don't want to go where I'm going. Do you know where El Rey is? Do you know what goes on there? Like, I think she's been through enough shit. Like, I think she, she knows. I think she's good. Yeah, yeah, she just fought off vampires. She can handle yeah, it. Yeah, she can, she can handle vampires. She can handle El Rey, wherever and it is. And she gave him that look. Yeah. yeah. Also, you're leaving her out in the middle of nowhere. No shit. With to a, drive like, the Winnebago. Two yeah. stacks of just cash that everyone just saw you hand to her. A bunch yeah. of fucking Mexican gangsters and RV. In literal vampire country. Like, yeah. that's where they hang out. You're just leaving her there. Good yeah. luck. Go get some she's tacos. She's like a teenager. Yeah. I guess yeah. that's better than, like, you know, child rape. Because she's probably 15. Mm. Where does the rape come in? 
you saw the look that she gave him, and then he was oh, like, no, God. not going to do okay. this. Oh, yeah, it fair. seemed like she didn't wait, have like, wait, a thing for him. I think it was like respect for the dad, if we're getting into the plot points. Do you I, think she gave Clooney the look? Oh, yeah. She was like, do you need some company? No way. No, I you need some company. Uh, come on. That's like her father figure now. Uh, that's true. They did have like a moment. I don't I don't think there was a romantic thing. I don't know. I think it's, it's sweet. Clooney. I would fuck him. I'd oh, fuck him. That, yeah. I mean, I absolutely would in this movie. Yeah. yeah. That oh, my God. He looks great. see that fucking suit and shirt? Mm. That tattoo? Mm. That was actually his idea to do the tattoo. No that was, way. He thought it would make him look like more badass because, you know, he escaped from prison. That's funny. Yeah, which that's I did fair. not mention. Um, but also, so speaking of escaping from prison, so there's also a video game that came out in 2001. Apparently it takes place after the events at the Titty Twister. Oh, is it her getting away? Is this how No, it? okay. it's Seth Gecko. He gets arrested, goes to jail on a tanker-turned-prison that is anchored off the coast of Mexico, and he has to escape... And like, there's a zo- not zombie vampire outbreak, and he has to like escape the prison oh my again God. and try and save some people. Sounds pretty cool. I know. Is, is it the video game awesome. good? But I can guarantee you, it's not good. I can. Yep. Yeah. We would know. We about would. It yeah. If it was yeah. You guys would have no heard way. about it. So this film was right after the success of Pulp Fiction. So Tarantino was considered the hottest, not literally, guy in yeah, Hollywood at the time. I mean, yeah. Have you seen him? Yeah, the yeah, hair. Not so cute. Especially when he turned into a zombie. Yeah. It's like it's p- like. They put emphasis on all his worst features. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, not God, no. ideal. He just looks not zombie, like, but sorry, vampire. He looks like the way a foot smells to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, <And> his voice. <laughs> Listen, as someone who likes feet, he looks like someone who likes feet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can smell our own. Yeah. Well, he, I can spot a mile away. Tarantino is kind of one of those people that I'm kind of waiting to come out in the Me Too thing that someone's going to like accuse him, but maybe I, just because he plays such a scumbag yeah, in his movies. That's not, true. I can't imagine him hurting a fly. I hope not. I, I hope not, but uh, I would I would not be surprised. Right. Because just because of like the cocky demeanor that he has. Mm-hmm. Known for his satires and graphic violence, Tarantino is often criticized for his use of excessive gore and blood and feet. I don't get it. <laughs> I get it. Why? Well, I'm not personally. I'm just saying people get fucking crazy about blood well, and violence. Well, don't watch a movie like that if Especially you're not in the expecting 90s too. it. Oh, I agree. But like '90s Satanic Panic oh, was yeah. happening right. too. All right, all right. Yeah. Still, the man is motherfucking badass, and his two Golden Globes and two Academy Awards are proof of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the screenplay written by Tarantino was adapted from a story by special effects artist Robert Kurtzman. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Tarantino wrote the screenplay adaptation in exchange for Kurtzman creating the ear removal scene in Reservoir Dogs. Oh, yeah. that's very Sweet cool. That's trade. a good scene. Also a great movie. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, Tarantino actually asked Kurtzman to direct the movie, but he wasn't able to commit, so he pitched it to Robert Rodriguez. Hmm. Despite having already written the screenplays for Reservoir Dogs, True Romance, Natural Born Killers, and Pulp Fiction, this was the first time Tarantino was paid to write a script. He received a whopping... $1,500. That's nuts to me. Wow. $1,500. 15 for all that time? You yeah. can give me $1,500. I can do a lot right now. <laughs> no that's shit. true. You know? I mean, that's like starving artist money. That's three months rent. Yeah, but he but wasn't. Think about the amount of he time it takes to write fiction. that, though. That's true. Yeah, I mean, absolutely true. Fiction wasn't that good. What? I'm just joking. I'm going to I'm just joking. Oh, I'm my joking. God. You know, this isn't an action podcast. Natural Born Killers, too. That was great. Um, so Rodriguez has a neo-noir flair to a lot of his films, most notably think Sin City. Yeah. And as Macias mentioned, he's known for his B-movie exploitative style like Planet Terror, Death Proof, Machete, to name a few. That's so good. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, Rodriguez was a born filmmaker. He was actually commissioned by his high school to film the football games. Oh, yeah. But he was fired shortly after because he made them like too cinematic. Cin- oh. Cinematic. Cinematic. I bet that there was a blood splatter. He just splattered the screen. Well, hits. he would end up like zooming in on the parents' reaction to the game. Oh, that's so <laughs> or good. like zoom in on the football just flying instead of like doing the whole like just making it like a movie. Like the right. whole play. Or but now I that's a good backstory on him. Robert yeah. Rodriguez maybe do like an NFL game. Oh, oh hell yeah. That'd be fucking funny. You would be frustrated as hell. It's like why does he keep going the same fucking fans? <laughs> so there's a lot of there's a lot of downtime in football to use for cinematic elements, so I think that's that'd be true. Good. This blade of grass is growing like a centimeter in the last second. Yeah, I true. just think that's like such an adorable story. Oh, you sure like that. Um, so on to the studliest stud of the movie, okay, let's George talk about me. Clooney, oh, okay. a.k.a. Seth Gecko. unless you, you're Zach. You mispronounced Danny Trejo. I Sorry. was just going to say, unless you're Zach, then it would be this super young Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo looks so Hot. fucking good in this movie. Oh, he yeah. does. Yeah, I've he seen does. him so much in like old later years. In every single movie. Yeah. In yeah. like 3,000 movies. Yeah. Especially like Machete or Spy like movies kids. where he's like the main guy. Yeah. This one, like, as a side character, he looked great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Gave gave me the feels. All right, enough of Danny for now. Uh, This was Clooney's first ever movie, and apparently Tarantino had written an episode of ER and saw George, like, acting and was like, damn, do you want to be on my movie? And he was like, uh, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. This is how he got his start. I think this is a great movie to, like, get your start on. Oh, shit. All right, next we got Juliette Lewis as the daughter Kate, a good friend of Tarantino. She actually called him one day and was like, so that movie you're working on with Robert Rodriguez seems pretty cool. I want to be on it. And he's like, are you serious? That's a good That's a good impression. Right? That is a really good impression. Um, and he's like, well, the role is kind of, like, small. So when she said, yeah, I want to be on it, he's, he did, like, hell of a lot of rewrites to make the character more worthy of having her acted out which I thought was pretty cool at the time send me feed pics just to (laughs) check it out (laughs) at the time she was pretty popular because she had just got done with uh, Cape Fear and Natural Born Killers so everybody was loving on her she has that trailer park vibe I love it yes yeah she is she seems seems so so natural yeah Mm -hmm. Um, we cannot talk about this movie and not talk about the babe that is Centenico Pandemonium oh my god played by the ever so lovely Selma Hayek um I know. That scene will Let's sneak just up take on a you. minute. Yeah. That outfit. Hot in here. The highway. Oh, my. Everything. That's the only foot I would drink tequila off of. Oh, yeah. yeah. The song selection is wonderful, too. Yeah, I looked it up. I looked it up, but you can't find it. The band is on Spotify, but you can't actually find the song on Spotify. You can find the song, yeah. On it's, Spotify? Yeah. I found it. Okay. All I'll right. show you after. We'll connect. But yeah, it's, it's fucking great. So Selma had worked with Rodriguez before on the film Desperado with Antonio Banderas. Mm. Fucking hot. Yes. That's a hot, hot movie. Great um, movie. And snakes were her biggest fear. So she was super nervous and shy off camera before her big scene on stage. He People were so worried. Good. They were like, I, I don't bet. know how she's going to do this. She actually spent months going to hypnotherapy to try to get over this phobia before oh playing or before whatever filming yeah with the snake but the moment the camera started rolling she turned it she owned it yeah she could you cannot tell she nailed that that thing is all fucking over her and she is yeah not hesitating and to add to it the scene had no choreographer and was completely Mm -hmm. improvised yeah that is so hard like selma go out there and just own it she's like yeah i could do it 
So obviously we all know about the legendary Tom Savini, a.k.a. Special Effects God. Love that man. But in this movie, he just acted. He didn't do any makeup or special really? effects whatsoever. I was surprised to see that when I looked it up because I was curious if he actually was the person doing all the zombie effects. And I was like, wait, he just took a back seat and was like, yeah. oh, I yeah. want to be in this. Have fun. I think he's just like friends with all them. And he's have like, a drink, yeah. have a penis gun, and that's it. Yeah, that penis gun. That oh, dick pistol. Most God. ridiculous shit of my entire I'm sure he was like, I want this. Can you guys write that? Who yeah. came up with that? Who yeah. was the guy? Yeah. Um, I think it was a smart move casting Savini because you know that's all the horror fans were creaming them their pants oh, over fucking, yeah. when they saw him on like the cast roster or whatever. Um, and yeah, can we talk about how great his name is in this film? Fucking Sex, sex Machine. Sex yes. Machine. And they do it so nonchalant yeah. too. Oh, it's, my name's Sex Machine. Not a big deal. Yeah. It's also great seeing Fred Williamson in this playing Frost, the badass biker. If he looks familiar, it's because he was a big football player back in the day. Defensive back. Yes, that. And he did a lot of 70s black exploitation films. Tarantino and Rodriguez really loved him in the film Hammer. Side note. In 1973, he posed nude for Playgirl. <gasps> Ooh, I would look that up for I sure. I was just going to say, I may have to go look that he one up. He was such a badass in this movie, too. Yes, and I got to say, his vampire transformation is, yeah. he looks the most badass. Yes, he There's sure. some like, really does. cool female ones, but as far as like male macho ones, yeah. most terrifying. He's, he's the boss battle. Yeah, yeah. essentially, yeah. yeah. Uh, there are a lot of other great actors in this film. Like we mentioned, Danny Trejo. Harvey Keitel, Cheech, and Michael Parks. But, you know, time is limited, so this is all you're going to get from us. But before we move on, we've got taglines. Yes, Uh we do, and they're actually pretty good. Okay, impress me. Not surprisingly. First one, vampires, no interviews. Ooh, I like that one. That one's good, but kind of spoils it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, some people think that they messed up when they advertised that vampires were going to be in the movie because it would have been an awesome surprise if nobody knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Like, I guess... We know now because we didn't really grow up and we don't remember them advertising for it at yeah. the time. You but just, someone recommends it and you go yeah, on Netflix right. and you don't really get it in between. Yeah. Like first time I watched it, I thought it was an action movie and I loved watching it in that yeah. frame of mind. So I good. love how that's a that's a, a slash at the interviews with a vampire. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Was, came out before that. That was really these, these aren't no pretty boy vampires. These fuckers are ugly. <laughs> yes, they are. Okay, here's the next one. Cheap drinks, loud music, vampires. This will be one hell of a night. That does sound like one hell of a night. Yeah, it does. It sounds like a part. like an American Pie tagline. Yeah, definitely. All right, here's the next one. How far can too far go? Uh, pretty far, mm. I guess. <laughs> I <don't laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> it's not amazing, uh, but the movie is amazing, so we'll forgive them for that. All right, so Zach, I'd like you to tell me something about the Briley brothers, if you could. Mm-hmm. Yes, we'll tell mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Shit. Scribe and Satan and us, we did some great research this week. We we, we delved did. into the archives of hell, the archives of the Chicago Library. Yeah, the we got archives. the brothers down there with us right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can, we can ask them. Or Scribe and Satan can get a patch them at least. Um, yeah, I'll, miss, I'll call them and see if they're busy. <laughs> but Scribe and Satan, this movie's about vampires, right? Uh, Well, kind of, yeah. And we've already covered the vampire of Sacramento in an episode before, Richard mm-hmm. Chase. This is true, but I don't... Do we have... This isn't related to vampires, our story, is it? Not quite. Instead of doing a vampire story for every life segment, we decided to take a, a different approach and do a segment on a trio of murderous brothers, which will be in comparison to the Gecko Brothers from Dusk Told Dawn. And even we have a bonus prison escape, just like the movie, and a saucy execution included in the story as Fantastic. well. Fantastic. That's right. We have a special brother sale. Not one, not two, 
but, but three. three. We're talking about the Briley brothers and the trio form of Anthony James and Linwood Briley. Linwood. Linwood. And they yeah. would terrify Richmond, Virginia for seven months for a disgusting crime spree that we can't get into until we talk about the Briley family and their early upbringing in the northern downtown Richmond area of Highland Park around the early 1970s. Okay, Zach, so take us back, all the way back. Yeah, let's start with their collective adolescence. These brothers grew up in a fairly stable but entirely odd home life. They were known in the neighborhood as the kids that would help repair cars and mow lawns for the elderly. Yeah, so they seem pretty nice at the start, huh? Yeah. Yeah, don't worry. Behind closed doors, things really get fucking weird because it starts with the only person the brotherly trio ever feared, their father, James Briley Sr., and while we don't know much about any abuse that happened within the household from the father, we do know that James Sr. was also so afraid of his children that he would padlock his door shut every night when he went to what sleep. What? He was afraid That's of so scary. Just think about that for one second. What? That's fucked up. Yeah. Like, being that scared of your kids. I'm sorry, how old were they around this time? They were in their teenage years. Okay, like, well, like, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But they and were scared still, of him. That's crazy. Everyone well, was scared of each other. The brothers were weird, to say the least, first off. They had an odd fascination of collecting deadly animals, like tarantulas, piranhas, boa constrictors, like what in the, the movie. Fuck? They also had Dobermans, which I don't think should be in the same category, but maybe no. the dogs were vicious. You never know. Dobermans uh, are so cute. Mm-hmm. But they can, you know, they can also be raised really badly like That's any true. dog. That's absolutely but true. But these teens were also documented as enjoying harming animals and seeing animals no. in pain. No. Can you believe they God, had I three bad shit. eggs? I hate like, them. Yeah. All three of their boys were fucking psycho. Well, all it takes is one and then you're raised in that environment. You yeah. know what I mean? And the the pleasure from getting from harming animals, zoo sadism, is part of the McDonald triad, the serial killer triad. We're just missing bedwetting and arson at this point. So pay attention for any clues throughout the episode of any more of these other things. Sorry, did you st- did you say bedwetting? Yep, unerisis. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Or involuntary peepee is uh, <laughs> seen a nice way to put it. in a lot of serial killers at a young age. But but let's just get back to the story at hand. So the year is 1971. And no, no. I want to talk about pee. Right now. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll probably talk about some more pee in a second if you just hold your horses. Okay, I'll wait. Okay. I'm thirsty. So night. Oh. <laughs> Again, back to 1971, the teens are still in their weird adolescence, and we have our first murder. And this is actually going to be one of the murders that starts early in the career of these killers, where we usually we see murders happening a little bit later in their lives. But let me just describe what happened in this series of events. 16-year-old Linwood was alone at home and was staring out the window, people watching. That's normal, right? Masturbating. Masturbating. Probably. He saw old Orline (laughs) Christian walking down the street, his neighbor, mind you. And what else do you think he's going to do? Well, he decided to grab a rifle and pepper her in the back with a shot, which killed her, of course. What the fuck? Right out of his window? Damn. Oh, my God. And because no one was around, the crime went unnoticed until grieving family members noticed a small black mark near her spine. They just thought she had died. Oh, shit. Weird. And upon further review, they found a bullet in her back, traced the bullet trajectory, and with some impressive police work, they actually got it back to the Briley House window. Science is amazing. Realized (laughs) that uh, it was from there, found the gun, and then Linwood had to confess. Yeah, his statement is even worse. He said, I heard she had heart problems. You probably would have died soon anyways. Yikes. Mm. So after this, he gets sent off to reform school to serve out his murder charge for a year. He's 16. Well, he's 16, so a lot of those things are handled in juvie. Don't worry. Soon after, his younger brother would follow in his footsteps. James, when he turned 16, he ran into trouble as well when charged for shooting at a police officer during a pursuit. What? Wow, it's like their rite of passage. Yeah, and then uh, around this time, they picked up their friend Duncan Meekins, who will mention the story. 
story. He's the only Meeks. one in this case, Meeks, <laughs> that wasn't a brother, but was also charged with a lot of these murders because he was the fourth co-conspirator. Yeah, so right at the beginning, we have a lot of chaos happening with yes, this crew. Yes, we do. Yeah, and, and this isn't even getting like to like the arranged murders when they team up. Holy Not shit. at all. And we're gonna we're gonna attempt to cover all these crimes fairly quickly. So just hold on to your horses. This is gonna be a little brutal for a while. So if you're listening with your kids, just Please shut this, shut this part yeah, the off. the kids that love our horror podcast. Right. Or but turn it up. Can't or crank it. Or just crank it. Because on March 12th, 1979, the real terrorist spree started when Linwood Briley knocked on the door home of the butcher couple. Butcher. 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 And he was faking car trouble, and they allowed him inside the home. And once inside... That's the, so scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The gun came out, and he, brought, he flagged his brother Anthony in. They looted the home, doused it in gasoline, and while the couples were restrained, tossed a match <gasps> on their way no. out. Ugh. So now looking at their crimes, not only do they have shootings, but they've added arson to that list. Yeah, Yeah. so you have arson and you have the animal cruelty. It's just getting a little bit more interesting. And fortunately for the couple, they escaped their straps and got out of the house before it died. Thank God. But no other victims they would meet would be so lucky, as the Butchers were the only victims to survive the Browley brothers. So next on March 12th, the gang and Duncan shot Michael McDuffie, a vending machine serviceman, at his home and stole his valuables. Nine days later, the men followed 76-year-old Mary Gowan home from her babysitting gig, raped, shot, and robbed her. Did they really need all of them to go for that? Yeah. That's so so disgusting. That's the thing, like, with the solidarity between the four of them. The like, likelihood anybody. of success Ew. is so much higher than going running solo. The brothers and that accomplice. So next, that group yeah, spotted the 17-year-old Christopher Phillips looking around their car. So, you know, what do you do when someone's, like, looking around your car? Don't approach them. You probably should just hold them down and drop a cinder block on their head. <gasps> yeah. Oh, what? my fuck. Wait, wait, what? I meant, can, wait, can you back up? Uh, yeah. So this 17-year-old kid was looking around one of the kid's cars, and they found that this was happening. So they held him down and then dropped a cinder block on his head, crushing his head. Jesus. What? That's so scary. Because you know they had him face up and had to watch it. And that's terrifying, seeing it come down. Oh, my God. And then some months later in September, Johnny Gallagher, known as Johnny G, a DJ, taking a break outside of a local bar from a set, was jumped by the group, put in his own trunk, and driven to an island in the middle of the river and shot. How'd they drive to the middle of the island? Well, a bridge, (laughs) I'm assuming, was surrounded outside of her apartment by the group, beaten to death with a baseball bat, and then had her apartment looted. Ew. I hate them. Oh, yeah, they're, they're pieces of shit. Like, you're going after older people. I yeah. hate you. And they're going uh, younger people, older people, really, yeah. whoever. And they really, and they really don't have a chance with the group of them, too, with the four of them coming out. Ugh. Yeah. And anyway, not even a week after, two blocks away from the brother's home, 79-year-old Blanche Page and no, a 59-year-old tenant, Charles Garner. These are all sweet, Graham. Oh, were jumped by the group with Blanche being bludgeoned to death oh. while Garner inflicted deadly injuries from a baseball bat, five knives, and a fork and a pair of scissors which were found what? lodged in the man's back. What oh, the fuck? fucking buck wild. And in the final chapter to this disgusting crime spree, which happened in a nearby neighborhood to one of their childhood friends, Harvey, who was a young husband to his pregnant wife, Judy, oh, no. and a father to a five-year-old who was also present that night. I'm so sad. Uh, so Harvey sees the people outside of his house. He locks the door. Uh, this was noticed by the group who swarmed his door and knocked. Uh, not wanting to anger the group or not knowing what they were trying to get at, uh, he let them in. He knew them. And they overpowered the adults, Shit. bound everyone, putting sheets over their head. This is kind of, this is very gross. Judy, his wife, was taken to the kitchen and raped by more than one of them in earshot of the husband and son. No. Duncan Meekins then shot Harvey, and James, the brother, shot the five-year-old and Judy to finish the job. 
And on top of it, all of their bodies were not found for three whole days. Ew. Yes, and we'll get over how they were found and uh, what that eventually leads to a little bit later on. But I think that pretty much covers the worst of it. Yeah. So we, we can take a breather. and Take a breather. Jesus. And hopefully get some justice. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll, get to, we'll get into the justice. Switch. Yeah, we'll get to that um, part soon. Yeah, so we're going to move on and a little bit of a respite for you. Uh, we have a quadrant of inquiries going on, but we're going to do a mini quadrant of inquiries. We had no user submitted questions, and we're going to do the limerick challenge instead. So Hell I came yeah. up with some limericks. Uh, here's an example limerick for you to remind you in all non-lip majors we're working with. There was an odd fellow named Gus. When traveling, he made such a fuss. He was banned from the train, not allowed on a plane, and now only travels by... Bus. bus. Yes. Buck. There could be just bus in the scenario, but you kind of you got the, the rhyme with it. Okay. I'll give you a limerick. You'll need to use the details of the limerick to complete the rhyme. Pretty simple, right? Yes. Okay. Let's so do it's it. all, all three of us? It's all three of you. Whoever gets it first. I only had three limericks because it was very busy at work today while yeah, riding that's fine. Three is good. Okay. So last time, I, I will have to say that last time I see this one, and I'm here to take back my crown. Well, you have a new competitor. Yeah, that's true. Actually. Best of luck to both of you. I'm not really concerned. I listen to NPR every weekend, so... Ooh, okay. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Okay. What? The so Q1 Porphyria is a rare human blight that has humans only comfortable at night. With red-brown teeth in their mouths and their head in the clouds, they also become sensitive to... Light. light. I think you got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was so the Scribe of Satan got Satan. it. Hey, thank you. It is light. They also become sensitive to light. And uh, porphyria is a rare disease that causes vampire-like symptoms, such as extreme sensitive sensitivity to sunlight and sometimes hairiness. Oh, there's a theme. I like this. In extreme cases, teeth might be stained reddish-brown for whatever reason, and Ooh. patients might go mad. Nice. That's crazy. That's crazy. So out of three, you're up sucks. one. It sucks. It sucks. It's a sucks. Bit Q2. After examining the records and tapes, the Justice Department has now closed the case. On this type of crime, home invasions provide with 60% resulting rapes, in... Rapes! Rapes! God damn it. has got it. I didn't want to say it. I didn't like that one. <laughs> that on this scary. type of crime, home invasions provide with 60% resulting in rape. That's According too high. to a United States Terrifying. Department Justice Report, 38% of assaults and 60% of rapes occur during home invasions. That's disgusting. So scary. So we have one one zero. Ash, right. you're behind. It's actually uh, right. impossible for you to win. You could tie it up and no one wins. It though. could. Yes, yeah. that's, that's what I'm hoping. Or you could okay. back off and let me. Yeah, crush Messiah. I kind of want to see who would win out of you two. Nope, but... you gotta try. Okay. Try right. your best. The question three is the hardest one, so I'm surprised okay. if anyone gets it. Question three: In the 20th century, vampire movies have been as the favorite subgenre for horror kids, but with such a large buzz, how many vampire films have we done around? That one fucked me up real bad. It's not the best limerick, I'll be honest. Can you honest. give me the first, uh, the last word of the first line? Yeah, Can it's you read the 20th it century. Vampire movies have bid as a favorite subgenre for horror kids. But with such a large buzz, how many vampire films have we done around? Quid. No. Uh, basically, lids. to give you guys a sample, or, uh, to give you guys a hint, this is only for the 20th century, and it'll be a rounded, it'll be a rounded number, and it's asking you how many uh, vampire movies were done in the 20th Nothing century. Oh, it. I thought you were asking that we had done. No, oh, sorry. Okay. That, I thought that, that was us. In general, how many horror movies with vampires have been done in the 20th 400. century? Nope. 300. Yes. <laughs> yes. In the 20th century, vampire movies had bid as a favorite subgenre for horror kids. 
But with such a large buzz, how many vampire films have we done? Around 300. Yeah. By the end of the 20th century, over 300 motion pictures were made about vampires and over 100 of them about Dracula. Over 1,000 vampire novels were published, most within the past 25 years. Interesting. So I actually own all 300 is the reason why I got that right. I'm not surprised. I bet you do. Scribe is saying you got, you got all the questions. I got two. You got okay. two questions. We're tied now. No. It, well, there were three, and I well, got I'm two. Well, I'm saying we're tied oh, in, tied all in the history okay. of limericks yes. <laughs> on the horny horror hour. So the next limericks hour. one is where tiebreaker. That's right. Face off. Who knows when that will Face come. Face off. But uh, thanks for participating. Ash, I'm sorry that you yeah. had the consolation prize, you know? Sometimes you just got to look yeah, from the sidelines. It's, it's fine. I'm not very competitive. But last <laughs> we left off with the Briley brothers. The group had just shot the pregnant Judy, Harvey, Ugh. and their five-year-old son before looting so the place. Up. Leaving the house in a cowardly fashion. I'm going to pass it on to describe a Satan now. Describe what happened to the Briley brothers and their old friend, Duncan. You Are you ready for this adventure, Scribe? I'm really not. Those those limericks did not give me enough of a break. I'm still sick to my fucking stomach. That's fine. I know. We just kind of jumped back right into it. But we were talking before about uh, how eventually did these boys get caught. Yes. Which is what we want. We want justice for these fucking dudes. So the police actually had the area under surveillance uh, during the last crime that they were committing. And they heard the gunshots and saw Meekins and the Briley brothers leaving the apartment, but did not put two and two together at that moment. It wasn't until three days later when a welfare check was being delivered to the Wilkerson's, the police discovered their dead bodies. So someone called in, you know, we haven't seen them in a while. Can you mm. go check them out? And then they pop in and see that they're dead. And not only the dead bodies, but the Wilkerson's snakes that the boys had let loose. So the Wilkerson's also own they snakes, own snakes. As, as well as the boys and they loose the snakes out on the house and as well as a pair of Doberman puppies this was what I was confused on but you mentioned they had Dobermans too right? Yeah but these are I think separate Doberman puppies that they had that were the Wilkerson's puppies that they had just left out yeah. while they were dead so they Aww. left these puppies out uh, not in their crate or whatever and days. after three days they had pretty much ruined all the evidence puppies being little <gasps> rambunctious <gasps> Just like oh. fucked everything up and made it very hard to connect. I bet, that, they, I bet they ate them. Yeah. I about to say that they Yeah, human, I mean they lived, so their human poop, the dog poop, the blood, the piss, like that probably smelled like straight up dog shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, probably and human shit. Yeah, and, and human and shit. Maybe a little mix of death. Yeah. Yeah. The death for three days is a lot. But because they were seen leaving, an arrest warrant was issued for the boys in Meekins, which led to a car chase that ended in Meekins and Livewood being forced to crash into a pole Good. by the police. And the other two brothers just giving themselves in. Pussies. I was <laughs> just going to say that. <laughs> so after their arrest, well, speaking speaking of this, after their arrest, Meekins is offered a plea deal that he accepts immediately. What a bitch. Where in return for not being executed, he tells the police full details of their crime spree. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I would too. Yeah. I, yeah. I, if, yeah, I would. If they're like, listen, like, death penalty. Do you want to fucking live? Absolutely. I don't know. Yeah. I think I might rather take the death penalty. You gonna ride penalty. with your boys? I'd take the death penalty. Don't you think now is the prison? right time to change your life and do the right thing? You're already caught. Well, the thing is, well, he got stuck with a life sentence um, plus 80 years, but he did get. He was eligible for 12 to that's 15. That's what he was going oh, okay. for. Uh, the parole. parole. After 12 to 15 years of parole, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, but you guys keep saying this is a great deal, but he's still in prison, and every single time he's come for parole, they're like, yeah, no. no. Way. So no. Like, yeah. Did, I would Fair. almost rather die at that point. Yeah, I have no clue. same. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, what, what happened to the brothers? Now we're talking about Meeks. He's done. 
Oh, I also say that Meeks wasn't placed in the same prison because the brothers would have. Yes, that was a part of the deal. Like, I want to be in a different prison because that would have been hell. Good idea. No, these guys are crazy. Uh, So let's get to the sentencing. So we know what happened to Meeks, but Anthony, the youngest, was actually given life with parole due to his limited involvement, which is harsh, obviously, but is less harsh than what the older brothers got. Uh, because they did not get off that easy, serving several life sentences each, and also faced capital charges. Death penalty. Yep. Linwood was sentenced to death for his murder and abduction of Gallagher. The DJ. The DJ. While James received two death sentences, one for each of the murders of Judy, Martin, and her son Harvey. Oh. Good. Well, don't get so out of it yet. Yes, because it's not over. That's not the end of the story. Because have actually another this... connection to the movie right here. We have uh, make it even more interesting because after the no. capture, didn't something happen, right? Yes. God damn it. Because this is not where the story ends. The two brothers, James and Linwood, planned and executed a successful escape what? from death row with four other death row inmates. Wow. They actually took over the death row unit and this, made their escape out. This Holy is a death shit. row unit. This is maximum security people that should not ever get out and see the light of day. Well, I actually watched a documentary on their escape specifically, and they basically just... They faked a bomb that was in the death row unit. They saw how the guards had been lax in their duties, and then they basically captured a bunch of guards, and they used one of the guards to call more guards in, and they had a bunch of guards in their cell block. They got the keys. They dressed up in their uniforms. They had one of the inmates stay and open the doors for them, and then they called uh, the, I think the warden or whoever's high up and said, we have a bomb here. We need it out now. Bring us an ambulance. And so they put a TV on a stretcher with a sheet over it and acted like it was a bomb. We're dressed in the guards' uniforms, and they rushed to an ambulance, and they drove out just nonchalantly. That is a genius plan. I was going to say that's pretty genius. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. So wait, yeah. did, they, did they catch them? Well, well, we'll have saying? to keep going with the story. There's actually a little bit more to it. Um, well, while the brothers were kind of the masterminds behind this plan, there were, like I said, four other death row inmates. But just escaping was not the only plan the brothers had in mind. Because on the way out, they wanted to have some fun. Uh, James was attempting to light the guards on fire with what? rubbing alcohol. Wow. And Linwood wanted to molest a nurse. Ew. But apparently, the other fellow escapees, the other people that are on death row, were like, whoa, guys, you guys are... Holy shit. <laughs> like, whoa, back up, no. guys. We decided not to murder anybody or yeah. fuck with Yeah, we're trying to get out of here. We're not trying to, like, make this worse for ourselves. From another yeah. death row inmate, that's... Yeah, another death row inmate had to, like, hold him back and go, like, whoa, dude, no, 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 you're not doing that. Yeah. Straight up evil. So the runaway convicts make their way out as a team and split up in Philly. Yeah, to, and two of the convicts try to make it up to Canada because they actually split up, but only make it to Vermont before being recaptured. And they so that's the two that weren't with the brothers. Yeah, and two more take another split, and the boys uh, actually stay in Philly to hide out with their uncle. But they are soon captured a little less than three weeks after their sweet escape, just three weeks of, of freedom and hiding out uh, due to the fact that there are wiretaps on their uncle's phone. Yeah, they, they were bitch. like, wait a second, where would they go? Oh, sketchy uncle. Let's yeah. see what this phone's yeah, all about. Yeah, exactly. Please tell me they killed them. Well, after the recapture, there were no appeals left to be made and the execution dates were so set because the state was so fucking ready yep. to get rid of these pieces of shit. Yeah, they were fucking over it. So, uh, it's Satan, how and when were these brothers executed? Yeah, let's put a wrap on these brothers. Please. So, Linwood Briley was executed on October 12th, 1984 by the electric chair. Nice. Uh, there are two stories behind this on how he was brought to it. One says that he was he walked there unassisted, just very calm, and another said that he was dragged there fighting the whole way. Uh, but either way, He's fucking done. He's dead. Yeah, he's fried. He's fried. And next, uh, his brother James was executed on April 18th, 1985, in the same electrocution chair where his brother once sat months earlier. 
Good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And man, after the story, these guys were just awful human beings with the seemingly yeah. great ability as escape artists and just scumbags. Yeah, it, it's crazy how this story turned such an interesting twist in it where you're like, okay, this is, if we're looking at it from a movie perspective, Over. this is a horror movie. This is where they murder. But then also, we have a very interesting plot point as the escape which is yes. very cool this could be a movie yeah this, this could, could be a movie, great yeah. movie i'm surprised and, it hasn't um, been made into one uh, this escape like probably is, a lifetime is, movie it's pretty yeah. popular because it was six death row inmates escaping which was huge news at the time because they had collectively killed 17 people when they escaped wow. that's crazy so if you're in the richmond area or something and or in the cops oh, that caught them they felt so they had to go in hiding because they felt like their families were unsafe at that point hide your, hide your kids hide your it's wife true. that's exactly and i'm <laughs> honestly not sure who i'd rather encounter in the wild now if it's the movie gecko brothers or the briley brothers probably the gecko brothers gecko yeah. brothers. you know i'll take gecko brothers but definitely seth because richie if i'm alone with him i'm fucking terrified because when yes. that man is alone with someone it goes south. I think you'd be fine if you just sucked on his toes. Yeah. Ugh. I'd be like, I'll do whatever you want. Just suck my toes. toes yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, him sucking on your toes. Yeah, that's fine. fine. Just all in all, just try to keep yourself out of bad situations and random things you can't do because, I mean, I don't even know about this whole thing. But that wraps up the Briley Brothers for us. Yeah, the Oof. saga of the Briley Brothers. That was and a brutal one. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it's, it's I got away with a um, lot. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely a heavy one. I and need to get stoned now. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna transition into kind of a new segment, a really slight segment. We're gonna all go around and just talk about our favorite kill scenes from the movie for a second and what it was. Okay, I can go first if you guys want. Yeah, sure. Yeah, hit us yeah. with it. I really loved the scene with Fred Williamson Frost when okay. he's just stacking people up on a table with the four legs. And oh he's using yeah, that's each good. Leg and oh, just like yeah. a steak. And that's all of his one. kills in general were just like super mainly because that was like the, their tank. Like, yes. You know, he's yeah. taking on most of them. Um, so that was my favorite. That was a great one. That was saying? My favorite death one, I really loved the 4v4 match when the... Oh, the four zombie or the four vampire ladies? The four vampire ladies and the, the four teammates. There's Frost. There's Sex, Sex Machine. Machine and there's the Preacher. And then there's Winnie. Seth. Yep. Yeah. And then they literally like when they line up to each other, it's like I'm in like Final Fantasy. Yes. Like I'm yeah. watching yeah. a turn-based an combat because they're like uh -huh. doing their battle animations. I'm mm -hmm. like, this is fucking good. And that battle is awesome. That's my favorite part. That's cool. Ash, favorite it, kill. It's too team. hard. It's too hard. Any so anything many. that happened in the Titty Twister, yes. But honestly, I really like the kill scene that you didn't really see the kill, but you saw like the aftermath of it. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, in the hotel, the hotel room. room? Yeah. Oh. And I scary. love how they filmed that with it was just like quick beep. Yep. Like of just it it felt really rotten to me. Yeah. And Maybe I like sold how that too. Like him yeah. being uh, uncomfortable and upset too. Like seeing his reaction yeah. made me feel that. Because you only see a, like a smidge of the room when he opens the door yeah. and just the flashes. And yeah, the flashes. I was like, did I just see that or did yeah. I imagine that? This is a weird way to put it, but I thought that that was a tasteful way to show something nasty. Yes. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yes. Without showing yeah. her being raped and murdered. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, Macias, what about your favorite kill? Okay, so mine is not a kill that you actually see happening. But I love the I band. All the gore in the movie. You the, guys don't like the gore? <laughs> Fuck off. I love it. But Tito and Tarantula, which is the band that performed in the Titty Twister, when the they guitar? turn into vampires, he's got the guitar made of the human torso oh, and the yeah. head. That's that awesome. was that awesome. Very that cool. was really great. So the human corpse that he's using as a guitar, <laughs> yeah. the strings. Yeah, that's that was also my they favorite. didn't die; they just disappeared. Yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah. "Fuck you, good night." And we also want to include in this uh, short, you know, little preview to the ratings. Uh, any related movies what we thought about when we were watching this movie, which we think would be helpful for you if you want to find a movie when we're doing episodes of something you like. 
Um, I'll start. I, I when I was watching this movie, I really thought of Reservoir Dogs. Mm. It's not a horror movie, feel. but because if you like Tarantino and you like yes. this kind of vibe, he's he's acting in Reservoir Dogs as well. Yeah, has great true. violence, great gore. Um, it's really fun. I um, think the dialogue in this movie is something that if you enjoyed that yes. part of it, oh, then yeah. you are going to enjoy uh, yes. Tarantino films because that's definitely my favorite part. And uh, it, for more like horror-centric films, I, I think maybe Lost Boys. Um, if you like vampires acting like normal people and then yeah. changing and yeah. then terrifying a bunch of people, Lost Boys. then Lost Boys is I'm also kind about of Lost Boys. A really? fun. I know. They're that's so like, cute. That's shitty on me. It's fun. I didn't like it either. I saw it when I was... In college, and I think I need to rewatch it. You do. Maybe, but that, that was what I got. So maybe Lost Boys, maybe Reservoir Dogs. Okay. For Sex Machine Ash, it would be Death Proof. Watch Death Proof. Death Proof is so Proof's fucking good. good and so it's underrated. Fantastic. We're looking at the, like the list yeah. of filmography. Yeah, I'm Kurt Russell. Say, yeah. Uh, didn't, didn't love like Death it? Proof. It was oh. a lot of it was a lot of motherfucking talking. That's and the best part. That's like that's the best part. Yeah. Cool. Well, I was like 21, and oh, I did yeah. not. I was like, cool. And just I'm gonna die. This oh, is fucking stupid. I loved it. Yeah. I am a I, Planet Terror. Machete? Yeah, Machete. Oh, my God. I was going to say Planet Terror. Yeah, Planet, Planet Terror is, is good. fantastic. Yes. Yeah. That is it's super gory. It's got black comedy. It's got a ton of action. It's just over the top. It's just like like all of... like The action proof. in that movie is great. Yeah. And definitely mm-hmm. on par with some of the action scenes that happen in this movie, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. With uh, the over top. You guys finished all up. Uh, you guys pretty much covered it. But something that made me uh, think of another horror movie and one that I want to do is watching the death scene of the preacher's son. I, I don't remember his name, but the small Asian boy. Yeah. When he's being like ripped apart and like held by yes. the, the vampires. It made me think of the death scene in Shaun of the Dead. And that is a great death scene where someone is literally like torn limb from limb right. off, especially because it's like initially a comedy esque, but yeah. when the horror shit hit, hits, it's actually like, Oh fuck, that's kind of, yeah, it's actually kind of scary. And I think, like it turned to me, I might want to do that movie. Have you guys done that movie before? Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. No, that's a movie we need to do. Though. Yeah, we yeah. definitely do. I'm for sure. I might, I might take a break from foreign because I love that okay. fucking movie. Yeah. It's I mean, so good. You take a break. It's technically yeah. British, so it's definitely that foreign is fair. For us. Yeah, no yeah. subtitles. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, well, uh, now that we're out of that, um, all I got to say for this episode is watch your corners, be mindful of who you open doors for, uh, I, and never, I said never, will you be rude to service staff at a bar. Because if you pull a Clooney at the wrong that bar, is true. you're going to yeah. get the shit beat out of you no yeah. matter what horror situations you're in. Don't, exactly. be, don't right. beat up the door guy. Yeah. That's Cheech Marin for fuck's sake. That's yeah. true. You know, that's Danny Trejo trying to pour you a drink. I Not trying to pour you a drink. He drank that drink. Well, I don't know. <laughs> he's trying to save your fucking life is what he's doing. Did I miss anything? Well, I have one little fun fact. The sheriff at the beginning scene in the uh, world of beer or whatever. So he's actually the same character is in Kill Bill Volume 1. Oh. Is I love the right? overlap. Oh, mm-hmm. you're fucking right. Yeah. Okay. Same yeah. dude. Same character. God, I hate his fucking mouth when he does yeah. like the bottom teeth. Yeah, I don't oh, like God, it either. Ooh, yeah. That's just Blech. nasty. It's like a butthole. Oh, <laughs> Macias, you select the movie. Do you want to go first? Do you want I me to would, go first? Who I'd like wants to go, go first. first. You want to go Here. first? Yeah. Oh, nice. So I want to touch on the genre of this a little bit. So I think that this is horror, but I think like when I first watched it, I thought it was action. I thought it was comedy. I thought, you know, just a regular Tarantino movie about crime i don't think it's actually scary but my favorite horror movies are the ones that are just a blast everybody's a fun movie it's a fun movie it's a lot of gore it's a lot of over-the-top comedy that's ridiculous um and it's quentin tarantino you get all that great tarantino dialogue excluding death proof don't like that movie (laughs) but other than that it's just like this witty back and forth always there's a a lot of multiple worlds coming together yeah yeah so you get like the 
Quentin Tarantino dialogue, you get the awesome action scenes, you get the gore, you get vampires, you get beautiful women, blood, yeah. handsome George Clooney. It's just everything. Everyone's you, happy. Yeah, I think you get everything in this movie. I'm gonna give it a nine point seven out of ten. Oh wow. my well god. Done. That's crazy. Wait, was this this is your movie, wasn't it? Yes. Okay, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Well, who do you want to go next? I'll have Sex Machine Ash go next. Oh yeah. Okay. I will argue as well that this is a horror movie. In the words of Robert Rodriguez, he calls it a horror exploitation action film, which, yeah, I think it's that. Um, I love this movie. It's fantastic. I don't really know what else to say. I feel like we've said a lot about this episode. So I'm going to give this a 8.75 out of 10. Okay. Very specific. That works. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, saucy. What's up? I love this fucking movie. I love Tarantino. I love the beginning. I actually, thankfully, got to watch this movie and enjoy the twist for what it was because I did not know what was going to happen. I was, a little, I think, in college, like going through a Tarantino binge. Yeah. I was edgy, like I gotta watch all this shit. It's so good. Yeah. And then this one is a very pleasant surprise. It's got great dialogue. It's got the great gore and just crazy action like ripping people's limbs off and shit like that making the vampires squishy was such a good idea also him turning into a fucking rat monster is so fucking cool that's yeah. random as fuck yeah. it's yeah. random as fuck it doesn't make any fucking sense doesn't make any sense doesn't have to doesn't make any yeah, sense it really doesn't but have to i love it yeah. yeah i really do like that monster it's so fucking cool fucking ratty it has every this movie has everything for everyone and i love it yes. love clooney mm. nine out of ten Nice. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Love the feet. Well, I guess <laughs> nine, nine feet out of ten feet. That means oh I suppose we're going last, right? Yep. Well, uh, I think it's a well-made vampire movie. Great acting, better writing, and uh, obviously a lot of humor. Uh, it's graphic and gory from the get-go. Um, and one of my favorite scenes in the beginning just kind of shows in the gas station the good dialogue yeah. and the fun arrangement. So good. The dynamic. Yeah, and which makes this movie, because it's not conventionally a horror movie to me, because there's a larger focus on the escape to the border, which mm. takes up almost half of the movie. And you don't even know it's a vampire movie until it hits you, which right. is a great surprise. So good. But it's a further proof to me that it's it's like half horror, half just great regular movie. Yeah. Um, it's almost like the horror part is a punchline or a detour for yeah, the end right. to like yep. travel through. It doesn't really sit in that camp for me. So I'm going to give it a 225 out of 300, which is a 75%. That's all right. That's good. So overall, we gave this movie a pretty high score. We gave it an 87.38%. Awesome. Take that, Rotten Tomatoes. That is yeah. the highest grade over the last four weeks we've given a movie. Yeah. Um, hey. So I can't really, uh, great can't really job. go anything about Thank that. Thank you. That's a great one. But we're going to go back to Ash this week. And uh, because you chose the lowest move ever rated before, <laughs> the Zombie Strippers, I'm very curious yeah. to see how you rebound. Get it, rebound, NBA playoffs. Hey. Be with hey. me. Not hey. with you. And one. I mean, sometimes you have to watch <laughs> shitty horror movies. Everything can't be great. I That's agree. That's fine. Anyway, but I would love it to be good. But what would you like watching? I'm going to do a little educational lesson here. Let's go back to the 70s. Okay. My favorite I'm time period. Fine with that. For I'm horror for movies. It. 1971. Let's go to Italy. Italy. Okay. Italia. We're Italian watching Chocolat. Italian horror movies are fantastic. Um, We've done one, I think. Yeah. Suspiria. Suspiria. Yep. Suspiria. Um, this movie is considered one of the first slasher movies and was very influential in the horror genre. And it is called Bay of Blood. 
Nice. Nice. Blood. Of blood. Like blood. Yes. That's what the Mario Baba. Mario Baba. Yes. That's 1971 in Italy. Yes. That's pretty cool. That's even before Suspiria. Yep. I can only imagine. I haven't watched it yet, but I only know there's gonna be a bunch of bu- fucking blood there's and color. A, there's a bit of blood. But there's a, a bush. It's a fun. Bayful. There's some titties too. Uh, 70s titties. Oh, sign okay. me up. Oh yeah. Well, Can we get 70s it's a bush? Treat. It's awesome. a treat. That's what I asked. Well, make sure to watch it. I think Ash said she found it on YouTube for mm-hmm. free streaming. It's YouTube? an older movie. You can usually find those things and parts on YouTube are all together. But as always, thanks for listening. You can find all of our podcasts on every podcast platform and contact us at hornyhorror at gmail.com to submit any quarter of inquiry questions, movie suggestions, or just plain creepy stories. You can also find our beautiful faces on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram when you search for Horny Horror Hour. We love hearing from all the listeners. We love to talk to you. So we'll see you next week, uh, or or will we? You know, will will you? Uh, we make it back to us. Who knows? Will we make it back to you? Well, Don't say that. Adios. Oh. Be fine.